Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on! Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Lackford down on the pregame show. 95.7 The Game leading you up until 6 o'clock. So in this hour, we're going to fill it. We're going to fill this hour with a lot of stuff. We got some basketball to talk about in this opening segment. Got some football to talk about. Because Kyle Shanahan spoke at the podium and we finally heard him talk. Yet we only heard one question and one answer about the thing that everyone is wondering about. But we will get to some football uh, as well a little bit later today. And then we'll have a a little bit of fun talking some movies too because there was an article written in The Ringer yesterday about a certain movie character that football players love. So I do want to talk about that later on in the program as well. But I do want to start out with some basketball because last night... We actually had, I know we didn't have any Warriors. We got the Warriors and the Grizzlies tonight, which I'm really looking forward to. And um, the Grizzlies, of course, were playing last night and got destroyed by Portland, 116-96. to So going to be interesting to see how they respond on the second half of a back-to-back. But there were two other games within the Western Conference which you should have taken notice of. And if you didn't, no problem, because it's 5 in the morning, and why would you stay up that late to watch some of these ones? But the Sacramento Kings were in Phoenix to face the Suns, and it was tied 107-107. to De'Aaron Fox was inbounding the ball, and former Warrior Harrison Bards gets it done in order to beat the Suns. 1.4 left to go. Fox. HB, three, got it, Harrison Barnes knocks it down, Harrison Barnes! It's like deja vu, Harrison Barnes, he's hit a game winner against Cleveland last March from the other wing. Luke Walton so comfortable going to his veteran in that situation, and he delivers. Look at this right here. Harrison Barnes stepped to it, extended over Booker, able to nail that three. The Kings win in Phoenix. The sun has set. 
That was pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I like it when I see these these players on who are former players on my team, and you know the Golden State Warriors are the team that I'm a fan of, and I always really liked Harrison Barnes ever since he was a rookie uh, out of North Carolina. Ever since he got drafted to the team, always really liked Harrison, and when he was gone, I understood it. But I always wanted to see him succeed wherever he went, and the fact that he's still doing it. Um, he's actually one of the most, uh, he's one of the best three point shooters right now. At last, well, I mean, before last night, when I was just checking out the percentages, I think he was shooting 50% from three. And it's not like he's shooting just five a night. He was throwing up an average around eight. So that man's been on fire from three. And he wasn't exactly last night. He was 10 for 18 overall and two for six from beyond the arc. But him getting the game winner over the Suns, it was just a cool moment, a very cool moment. And then I looked on. On Instagram, and I uh, I do follow Hassan Whiteside. I don't know why. I don't know why. I remember there was a there was a post that he made back when he was with the Heat, so I decided to follow him. So he posted a picture of him and Harrison Barnes, and he puts as his caption, "The Black Falcon soars again." Hashtag caca. <laughs> It's the most random hashtag I've ever seen. It's not exactly going to catch on. I don't think the hashtag is going to catch on on Instagram. I don't think it's going to be trending anytime soon. But shout out to Harrison Barnes. They get the win over the Suns. Then on the flip side, we go to OKC. And the Lakers are without LeBron James right now. Their starting five is Malik Monk, Russell Westbrook, DeAndre Jordan, Anthony Davis and, of course, Kent Bazemore with Rajon Rondo and Carmelo coming off the bench, as well as Avery Bradley and Dwight Howard. And LeBron and Wayne Ellington were the only guys who didn't play out of that team. But the Thunder, as we know, they had that loss to the Warriors where they started off hot in the first half and then ended up cooling down in the second half. Well, it was the complete opposite here because they came back from a 26-point deficit and I've always liked Mello. I, I I always have. And we're we're not going to be putting enough on Malik Monk and the fact that he airballed uh, a three in order to tie the game as well. But Mello had a chance to actually tie the game when they were down what one thirteen to one ten. And then this is what happened uh, in the Lakers versus Thunder. So Mark Dagnall puts in ball handlers and shooters, getting to get it in, fires it up, turns it over, gives it right up to Anthony. His three. Wide left, and the foul on SGA as the Thunder avert absolute disaster. <laughs> so, so that's it. That's it. Nothing crazy about it. Just so Mark Dagnall puts in ball handlers and shooters, getting to get it in, fires it up, turns it over, gives it right up to Anthony. His three air ball wide left. <laughs> that's it. Just air ball wide left. Game over. Thunder end up beating the Lakers. They move to two and three on the year. And the reason that I'm playing these two uh, uh, these two uh, these two clips here is because, of course, they are from the Western Conference. And you know what's interesting? As we are going to see the Warriors and the Grizzlies tonight, and I know that they played the uh, Lakers and the Clippers so far. I do understand that, but in my opinion. This game that they're going to be playing tonight against the Grizzlies, 
This is going to be the toughest so far just because they're playing a guy in John Morant who's been averaging 35 points a game. But let's look at the Western Conference right now and let's play a stupid game because we always do this toward the end of the season and appropriately we do. But... You know, when we're, uh, I don't know, I mean, last year we were 72 games, so maybe when we were 60 games in last year, let's just say we're 10 games out of the last game of the season, right? Let's just say we're at game 72. They always do the, well, if the season ended today, here's how the playoff seeding would work out. Well, I'm going to do that after game four, because if the season ended today, here's what the Western Conference would look like after we're seeing the, the Kings beat the Suns and the, uh, and the Laker beat the, uh, the Thunder beat the Lakers, excuse me. Stumbled over that. Lost my train of thought. But here's how the Western Conference would shake out. If the season ended today, after four games, this is what the playoffs would look like. You got the Warriors, ranked number one. You got the Jazz, ranked number two. The Minnesota Timberwolves, ranked number three. The Dallas Mavericks, ranked number four. The Sacramento Kings, ranked number five. The Portland Trailblazers, ranked sixth. The Denver Nuggets, ranked number seven. The Memphis Grizzlies, ranked eighth. The Lakers, ranked ninth. And the Clippers, Ranked 10th. Then you'd have the Rockets, the Suns, the Spurs, and the Pelicans, and the Thunder all out of playoff contention. And actually, uh, that's how I could see it shaking down there. I mean, the Rockets, the Spurs, the Pelicans, the Thunder, don't expect them to be anywhere within the top of that Western Conference. But I do expect the Suns are going to be making that jump at some point. But if the season ended today, you'd be getting... The Nuggets versus the Grizzlies, and then the Lakers versus the Clippers in a in a play-in game. And then you could possibly be seeing one of those two teams, either the Lakers or the Clippers, getting that eighth seed, and then the Nuggets or the Grizzlies getting that seventh seed. So you could see, if the, play, if the season ended today, you'd be seeing either the Warriors against either the Lakers or the Clippers. You'd be seeing the Jazz versus either the Nuggets or the Grizzlies. Then you'd be seeing the Timberwolves versus the Blazers, then the Mavs versus the Kings. Those would be your playoffs for this season if it ended today. (laughs) But look, seeing how the season has shaken out so far, and understanding that the Warriors are 4-0, and and there's only so much you can make of it, right? I mean, you had those games against the Lakers, the Clippers, the Kings, and then the Oklahoma City Thunder, and now you have an eight-game homestand. But right now, the Jazz are looking really good. The Jazz are always uh, a good-looking regular season team. I do hope they can stay healthy because um, I really like their roster that they put together. I know a lot of people uh, over here in the Bay Area aren't big fans of the Jazz, but I think they're a good-looking team right now. But the Warriors, they're right up there because I don't think out of these four games that they've played a complete game yet. Complete game meaning every facet of the team is working. As of now, it seems like you know, you're getting a mix of guys. Uh, Damian Lee was a talked-about player in, in the fourth game. The bench was talked about in, in Game 1. Steph Curry was talked about in Game 2. And then Game 3 against the Kings, I guess that would be more of a complete game if you had to, to put a finger on it. But overall... The Warriors, I think, have still yet to play to their potential where all things are clicking. And 
man, they look very good compared to a lot of these other teams right now who just don't seem to have their identity. And I think that that's a that's something there. Well, the Suns are an outlier here. The Suns are one in three. We know who the Suns are. I I took their over at fifty one and a half games and their win total. Because I just thought, yeah, they won 51 games last year. How are they not going to win more than that this year with essentially the same roster? They have their own identity right now, and so do the Jazz as well. Then the Warriors are right up there. But other than that, I think the Timberwolves are still trying to find themselves, although Anthony Edwards has uh, has been fantastic this year. And I think that leap that he's made from year one to year two, I mean, they got a win over the Milwaukee Bucks yesterday. That's not exactly easy to do. Um, the Timberwolves are still finding themselves. The Mavericks, I mean, it's Luka, it's Kristaps Porzingis, but... There seems to be some dysfunction there, and maybe it hasn't popped up yet four games into the season, but uh, or three games into the season for them, but something could happen there, and I think they're still trying to figure themselves out. The Sacramento Kings, they're lacking that one player who is going to put them over the top. The Blazers, I don't know how much longer Dame Lillard's going to be there. Dame Lillard, um, unlike last night, I mean, he was shooting before last night, he was having one of his worst seasons from three. Uh, the Nuggets, they're without one of their stars in Jamal Murray right now. And they're still a good team without Jamal without Jamal Murray. I mean, they went, I think, 16-6 and six last year when Murray wasn't on the floor. And as we know, Murray hurt himself when he played against the Warriors, and he was out after that. But they went 16-6 and six in that stretch. And then you had... The Grizzlies, who they're still a piece away, they're kind of like um, they're kind of like the the Kings to me in a way. They got some they got some young studs on their team, and John Moran is great. Can't forget about Stephen Adams either. I uh, until I was watching that game last night, I completely forgot that Stephen Adams was on the roster. The Lakers, the Lakers are the Lakers. The Clippers, they're without Kawhi. Then you got the Rockets, the Spurs, the Pelicans, and the Thunder. So out of all of those teams. At the very least, compared to all, compared to maybe two of them, the Warriors have an identity and they know who they are, and that's what you want. There's no off the court drama, nothing going on with that. You had a little bit with Draymond before the season started, but we've all seemed to sweep that under the rug as we should because it looks like the team has done so. So I think if the team is doing that, then the fans should do that as well. It's just all what's happening on the court with that team. All what's happening on the court, nothing off the court. So I'm feeling really good about the Warriors this season. And seeing how those games shook down last night, uh, wow. <laughs> wow. Let me just play this one one more time. The mellow air ball. I can't get enough of it. So Mark Dagnall puts in ball handlers and shooters. Giddy to get it in. Fires it up, turns it over, gives it right up to Anthony. His three. Air ball wide left. And the foul on SGA as the Thunder avert absolute disaster. <laughs> All right, coming up next, 888-957-9570. It's the text line and the phone number. There is a certain movie character that football players are obsessed with. And The Ringer, Danny Heifetz, the writer for The Ringer, he wrote an article about it yesterday, and I want to talk a little bit about it next, because I am a movie guy, and as you know, whenever something like this is brought up, I normally tend to go off the rails and do a segment on it. But 888-957-9570, I'll get to who that character is, but the participation I need from you, if you've seen Dune, the movie Dune, do you recommend it? 888-957-9570, that's the text line on the phone number. I want to know from you. 
do you recommend seeing the movie Dune? I want to know, because I haven't heard any recommendations yet. I haven't heard any slander yet. I just want to know from you, the listener, because you, you're my friends. You're my co-hosts here at 888-957-9570. Stephen Lightford at all the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Just a heads up, this is going to be a variety segment here for the next 10 minutes because I wanted to have some fun. It's We've, we've been talking so much this week about the 49ers and their quarterback situation, and we're going to continue to talk more about it. I don't want to spend the entire hour... I just, you know, I enjoy being a radio host, and I want to have some fun with it. So we will get to some Kyle Shanahan talk, and you know, it is, it is interesting. It's fascinating what's going on, and I think I'm going to debut a new segment actually coming up next. Call it it could be worse, where we take a look at some other teams around the NFL and just think, you know what? If you were a fan of this certain team, it could be worse. But from the five one zero, I asked before the segment. And also, I teased before the segment, as a matter of fact, that we do have an article yesterday from The Ringer that explains a certain character in a movie is an inspiration to a lot of football players. And I do want to get to that uh, in just a second. But I asked before the break as well. In the meantime, what's the recommendation on Dune? Should I go see it? Should I not? At 888 because last weekend I was trying to go see it. Then, you know, as you know, I, I enjoy going to the movie theater. I still do. I don't know about you. I understand in the in the COVID times that if you don't feel safe enough to go to the movie theater, totally understandable. Um, you know, but I'm at the point now where I'm comfortable going in. And for the most part, you can find seats that are separate from other people. So you don't have to be next to anybody. Uh, but from the 510, 
And this is what I tried. La- I tried last weekend to find a ticket. Couldn't find one. But from the 510, Dune. Friends who read the books criticized it, but I would highly recommend. Stunning visuals and a great plot. Impressive blend of tech and mysticism. Ending left me hanging a bit. A minus. So an A minus from the 510. And you know what? That's good enough for me. That's good enough for me. I'm going to go see it. That's it. I'm going to go see it. Uh, but before the before I get to this movie character, there's one more piece of audio that I have to play, and I don't know any other time to fit it in except for right now at the, and during this segment at 5.22 in the morning when a lot of you who are listening right now are my ride or dies. You know what I'm saying? A lot of you, if you're listening right now, you're listening for a reason. I love all of you. Uh, but I'm a fan of Formula One now. That's how it's been for the past couple of years when we were without sports, decided to watch Drive to Survive on Netflix, and Drive to Survive is a docuseries on Formula One, and you learn the ins and outs of the sport, and then when the sport's actually happening, it it it, it, it kind of obligates you to watch. You, you really can't help it. Uh, but Martin Brundle. Martin Brundle is a... Dignified, um, very well-respected analyst in the Formula One community. Community. He used to be a driver with all of the greats back in uh, the '80s and the '90s, and then he turned into a broadcaster. I guess you could, you could kind of. Uh, I mean, who would be a player right now that you could compare him to? I'm not going to say Tony Romo because he's been doing it a lot longer than Tony Romo. I guess you could say Chris Collinsworth. He's kind of like the Chris Collinsworth of Formula One. Uh, but Martin Brundle was trying to get interviews because the latest Grand Prix was Grand Prix, excuse me, Grand Prix. The latest Grand Prix was in Austin over the weekend. It was here in America, which isn't very, which is not very common. They have the one race here, but every it's it's everywhere else in the world um, where all these other races are. And Martin Brundle was trying to get interviews and. Meg the Stallion was at the race and listen to him try to score an interview here with Meg the Stallion. I think, yeah, it is. Uh, that's a very big bloke in front of her, I don't think. Uh, Megan, Martin Brundle from British Television. How are you? Megan the Stallion, you're a, you're a freestyle rapper. Um, I think she's happy. Okay, boss. You're a freestyle rapper. Have you got any rap for us today on Formula One? <laughs> Today, I'm sorry. Uh, who are you support? Who are you supporting in the race? Uh, I can do that because I did. Yeah. Okay. She seemed very happy to talk, didn't she? That's very nice of her, and I appreciate that. She, had, she, her bodyguards were not letting him get anywhere near her. She looked like she maybe wanted to do the interview, but she yeah, it is. Uh, uh, that's a very big bloke in front of her. I don't think. Uh, Megan. <laughs> it's like, I didn't even know what to expect. I didn't know what to expect. All right. I'm all over the place right now, but that's okay. It's 525 in the morning. Yesterday, I saw this article in The Ringer, and I found this one really fascinating. And I'd love to know your thoughts at 888-957-9570. But who's a movie character that you can most relate to. There's one where you watch them on screen and, and you think, damn, that's 
You know, that's that's kind of the mindset that I have. I want to know from you at 888-957-9570 because Danny Heifetz, who's a fantastic writer for The Ringer, also does podcasts for their Ringer NFL show. He's fantastic. You've heard him a couple of times on with uh, uh, Steiny and Guru. And, um, you know, whenever fantasy football comes up, Danny Heifetz is always on the station. He's fantastic. But he wrote an article yesterday about how NFL players are obsessed with the Dark Knight. And you go through it, there are plenty of players that he was uh, profiling on here that really love the Joker. And all have these tattoos of the Joker. I mean, you got George Kittle who has one, and that was out in 2019. And there was a photo posted of how he got uh, the, the Joker on his arm and... You know, with the way that he laughs, you could <laughs> if you if you ever hear him mic'd up and you hear him laughing on the field, he really st- he takes that laugh from the Joker, and it's almost as if he turns into him. But so does left tackle David Bakhtiari, who says he plays one of the songs from the score called "I'm Not a Hero" for the Dark Knight. That's his song that he gets ready to when he's sitting in the locker room. So you got David Bakhtiari, you got, uh, oh man, George Kittle is, a, is just a fantastic one. George Kittle it might be the obvious one here because that man really is like uh, the Joker. But the other one is Raven Safety Deshaun Elliott. Now, he was on my Week 6 All-Sunday team because of the performance that he had against the, tar- the Chargers. And if you don't know who Deshaun Elliott is, he's got the nickname The Joker, and he has this celebration whenever he gets a turnover, gets a big hit, gets a sack, gets an interception, whatever it is, he does that celebration where he mimics the Joker pulling that pencil trick in the Dark Knight. You remember that when he makes the pencil disappear and he goes, ta-da? He does that (laughs) for his celebration. I had no idea. And so I'm just going to think, man, whenever you're reading through this article... Uh, these guys, they go to a different place. <laughs> you know, like they they get into an entirely different mindset because they say in order to get ready for the game, they have to become the Joker in whichever way they got to do it. <laughs> and, and, and listen to this quote. From the Joker, I'm not a schemer. I try to show the schemers how pathetic their attempts to control things really are. Is this not the attitude of every defense going against Kyle Shanahan's offense? <laughs> like, like, like that's that's a, that's from the article, and I'm thinking, wow, defensive players just get into this whole, totally different mindset. <laughs> George Kittle says, I don't try to channel all the Joker, obviously, because he has some issues. Creating a little bit of chaos is just kind of what I try to do. I'm just trying to be the most outgoing, craziest person on the field. From the 415, I have a Joker tat. And from the 510, nice guy, why is Black Hole Sundays not up yet? You said you had a special guest for us on Black Hole Sundays. And I thought I messaged you back yesterday. But Black Hole Sundays, there will be a new episode out tomorrow. Had to push it back from Monday. Had a little bit of an emergency and could only record tomorrow. So that's going to be happening. The episode's going to be released uh, at about 4 o'clock. So stay tuned for that tomorrow. Uh, But the Joker... And I was just looking through it yesterday, and you know, as we were having some NBA games going, as I was watching uh, the Hornets versus the Magic, which was super random, and you had the Hawks and Pelicans on national TV, but I was more locked into Hornets-Pelicans for 
a weird reason. But I was just watching some old clips of the Joker from The Dark Knight, and man, there's not going to be uh, another character who's like that. There really won't be. I, I mean, the movie has such an inspiration on these guys, and I don't know. There, there's certain things, for example, in music. When you have Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes, it took over, really, the sports world. Like, that is the chant you do when you're at a sporting event. You hear it all the time at soccer games, whatever it is. You hear the... Not even at soccer games either. Just anywhere with a big crowd is where you hear it. But with The Dark Knight, I don't know if there's been a movie that's had as much of an inspiration to these guys and who they are on the field other than that. I never really thought about it like that before. I never thought about it until I saw this. I mean, hell, back in 2015 when Josh Norman was the best cornerback in football when he was back on the Panthers, he called himself the Dark Knight. <laughs> like these guys and now we're going to see it all over Halloween too. Is it way too late to do the to do the Joker costume? Is it way too old or is it just never going to get old? Especially since there's been another joker since then huh i wonder we'll see we'll see i'm gonna be at the sharks game on the 30th we'll see if anyone's dressed like the joker whether at the sharks game who knows should be at the nuggets game though i mean does nicole has nicola Jokic been the joker yet <laughs> super random all right coming up next triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero gonna get off this segment here and move on to some actual football talk because kyle shanahan did speak at the podium yesterday and i want to get uh, your thoughts on that at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero plus fred warner joined damon and ratto yesterday uh, as they have a 49er player for their weekly interview he was their interview yesterday we'll get to some of what fred warner had to say as well Stephen langford on the pregame show 95 seven the game Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Good morning, everybody. Stephen Langford in with you. 95.7 The Game. So, we got plenty to get to with the 49ers. And I want to... I, I do want to go through what Shanahan had to say yesterday, and I, and I do want to talk some more about the quarterback situation and his answers to the questions. Uh, but then after, I, I was realize, I was thinking about this yesterday and just looking at the way that these teams are set up. And I understand that if you're just we're so hyper focused here on the Bay Area that we don't necessarily look around at these other teams and the way that they're 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 building their franchises but if you look around i mean look with with the way that the future could be i know it's not great this season but it could be worse if you're uh, if you're a fan of some other team so i do want to go through that uh, in a little bit from but from the 408 seek dress like the joker this halloween Saw a picture earlier on Instagram. That's from Bay408. And also from the 415, HBO's succession character, Kendall Roy, is a doppelganger of Kyle Shanahan. I don't think so. I was thinking about that. I, I, I don't think so. Kyle Shanahan looks more like one of Kendall Roy's 
friends that he met in in the first season when they're going when it's when it's his birthday or whatever it was and they're going to all those crazy rich people parties. He reminds me of like a like a friend that's in the background who didn't have like a line in the show. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I, I think that um, man, when, man, when I'm going to see these Halloween costumes, I mean, you're saying Zeke dressed like the Joker. When I'm seeing these Halloween costumes, I always think about this. But it's just you know, I'm 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 still waiting on that track to to get a little bit of money in my pocket to where I can overspend on a Halloween costume. And seeing what some of these celebrities are doing now. I mean, the weekend last year, dressing like the Nutty Professor, I, I think it was last year or two years ago, whatever it was. I mean, it's crazy what these people turned into when they got a whole bunch of money. It really is. So, yesterday, we had a couple of updates with the quarterback, but I think one of the biggest ones that we're not paying attention to, or one of the biggest stories we're not paying attention to, is to former first-round pick Javon Kinlaw, who could be I, they've been downplaying this injury for ever since he was hurt you know and and anytime we've asked for an update on Kinlaw he's given us just a tiny well he's not practicing today he's not looking good and now we just found out that his status for the remainder of the season is in question because there was a knee condition that required off-season surgery, and it hasn't got better than that. He's in L.A. trying to figure it out, whether he's going to get surgery or not, and what kind of surgery, and that's according to Kyle Shanahan. So, Javon Kinlaw, they're going to figure that out as of... Uh, 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 they're going to figure that out as of yesterday. Trent Williams, D. Ford, Aziz Alshair, Mo Hurst, Jaquaski Tart obviously didn't practice, and Hurst and Tart are not expected to uh, come back anytime soon. So you're seeing some injuries happen left and right. And Javon Kinlaw just, you know, I, I really thought that, you know, you can never replace a player like DeForest Buckner. You can never replace that guy. That's yeah, that's a that's a lofty expectation. But I did think that Javon Kinlaw could turn into a good player. I did think that he was going to turn into... I, I thought he showed a lot of strength. I, show, I thought uh, against the run, he was pushing, to, uh, pushing offensive guards out the way in the interior. I thought he was fantastic his rookie season. You know, when he was playing in the game, I thought he showed a lot of upside. But now seeing this and possibly that he's not going to be in for the rest of the season, um, it just stinks. It just stinks. And you wonder, you know, after a little while... How much of the due diligence do John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan do when it comes to these guys who are injured? Because it feels like there's been a common, it, it feels like there's been a common theme with these guys where they, you know, either get them in certain spots where maybe, uh, I don't know, taking Javon Killaw, taking another defensive lineman in the first round, should they have really done that? You know, you have these question marks around it, and, and and among these other moves, I mean, I go back to 2017, Weston Richburg, you gave him some big money, and he wasn't able to stay on the field. Jarek McKinnon, you gave him big money. He wasn't able to stay on the field either, and we know how that all ended. Um, Quan Alexander was another guy. D. Ford is another guy. I mean, I mean, they, you know, they take these chances, and it seems like these chances work for a little bit of time. But then these guys just end up getting hurt, and I don't. I really, I don't know what the issue is. I wish I could give you an answer, 
And anytime someone asks, you know, why are all these injuries happening, blah, 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 I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's also just football. It's a very violent sport. So I, I really, yeah, I, I can't figure it out. But just seeing that yesterday and knowing that he's a young second-year player hoping to make his mark in his league, hopefully he can come back stronger than ever uh, from that knee. But Kyle Shanahan, yesterday at the podium, and this was the talk all of yesterday. It was that book. Seth Wickersham's book has thrown a wrench into the 49ers' start to the season with that report that they decided to go with Jimmy Garoppolo over Tom Brady, and then what happened yesterday when the report was that the Patriots offered a second rounder and the 49ers said, no, we'll only take a first rounder for him. And here's what Kyle Shanahan had to say when he was asked about that report. It was reported yesterday that the Patriots offered a second round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo sometime around the draft, and the 49ers said no. Is there any truth to that? No, none. I'd also like to not keep answering questions about a book. I promise if that was the case, then I would have talked to their head coach. I, I don't know. I don't know what to believe there. He was very adamant about it. Let me play it for you one more time. It was reported yesterday that the Patriots offered a second-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo sometime around the draft, and the 49ers said no. Is there any truth to that? No, none. I'd also like to not keep answering questions about a book. I promise if that was the case, then I would have talked to their head coach. Okay, but if there wasn't any truth to that, then why was it written in a book that was published? I understand there can be lies in a book. I'm not saying that every book is truthful. But when it's coming from a sports writer from the New England Patriots, and he says that a high-ranking official of the Patriots organization and a high-ranking 49ers official in the organization had this going on, I mean, what... What, is there a chance that Shanahan just didn't even know about it? Is that where we're at? Because he was asked uh, about um, the... He he was asked about the balance of power. Excuse me, I was trying to find the right words there. It's early in the morning. He, he, He was asked about the balance of power when it came to him and John Lynch and Jed York and Parag Marate and all those guys, depending on who makes the decisions. And here's what Kyle Shanahan had to say in response to all of that. We're always on the same page with that stuff. You know, there's not that much to talk to them about it. I mean, it's they know how I feel and I know how they feel. I mean, it's I think, you know, I get all the questions and stuff and everything like that. But, you know, we didn't draft Trey to just fix this year. You know, we drafted him so he could be the quarterback here of the future. And I get that's a matter of time. Um, But we're not playing him just because of what our record is or just because of that. So that's why our first thing in our discussions is how healthy is is he and how is he going to look today. But just because of how our last four games have gone, that doesn't really affect on whether we're playing Trey or not right now. (sighs) See... I'm at I'm at that point where, you know, we clearly do not see in Jimmy Garoppolo what they do. And they want to stick with their guy. They want to back him up because in the end he is your he is your quarterback right now. He is under contract and the trade value's not there. You're not going to be getting anything good in return for him. Maybe a late round pick, which they've actually proven that they're pretty good at drafting. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. They, these, you know, their first uh, the, the in round one and round two, the first two rounds. You know, there's there's been some hits, but there's also been some misses. But it feels like in the later rounds, there have been more hits than misses. If you get what I'm talking about there, but 
they got to stick with their guy, and I, I guess he's just, you know, has to be that way at the podium. I, I don't know what it is right now, but he didn't say, he didn't take accountability and say, no, it was all me. It's all me making these decisions. They clearly have a dialogue and a communication with each other about how this is going to go. Does Kyle Shanahan really want to play with Jimmy Garoppolo? My guess is if Trey Lance were healthy and Jimmy Gar- if Trey Lance were fully healthy and Jimmy Garoppolo were fully healthy, my guess is that Shanahan would want to go with him. Would want to go with him. And when he was asked about Lance, here's what Kyle Shanahan had to say uh, with his practice. We're going to put him in a couple reps there and scout team and see how he feels moving around and stuff, see how he does an individual and see how it goes that way. If he can feels all right, um, no soreness after practice, we'll pick it up tomorrow. So we got to wait till to see today what's going to happen at practice with Lance. But I was watching videos and it didn't look like, you know, when you're watching all these warm-up videos, it doesn't look like there's much wrong with these guys whenever they're working out and going through these injuries. And I saw everyone commenting on the Lance video saying, you see that? It doesn't even look like he's hurt. You see that? It looks like he's moving around just fine. Well, with the way that they want to play him, they want him to be 100% healthy because they don't want this turning into a situation where you possibly hurt your guy who's supposed to be your future franchise quarterback. So I understand right now what they're doing in playing it safe. I understand why, but if you're going to win football games, it just doesn't seem like Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the one to help you do it. And if you don't get it done against the Bears, I mean, the Bears, they could be without Matt Nagy. We're waiting for that because he did end up testing positive for COVID-19 earlier in the week, and he has to have two straight negative tests 24 hours apart before he can return to the field. We actually have yet to wait for an update on that. It's not it's not uh, definite that he's going to be out of this game, but Khalil Mack is not going to be playing. They're going to be without one of their best pass rushers. Uh, uh, their running backs have really been hurt a majority of the season. They're just getting back Damian Williams, who was on the reserve and COVID list. Like This game has given you every opportunity to win. And I think the defense is going to do their part, but it's also going to be up to the offense to score points. From the 707, this is Kevin from Napa. What if Shanahan knows that his team this year just doesn't have what it takes to make a postseason run and he feels it would only bring more harm to Trey Lance than anything else? I get that experience is needed, but he's probably nervous he's going to get injured even more than he already did. Basically, let Jimmy take the beatings. And I do wonder what Kyle Shanahan's mindset is because... Like we just talked about at the beginning of the segment, Javon Kinlaw possibly not going to play for the rest of the season due to an off-season surgery. What what does Kyle Shanahan think whenever these guys are going on to the field? Like, as a head coach, you're... I mean, look, I understand that injuries are a part of the game, and we all say that, but in 2020, the Niners were... Just as much of an injury-riddled team as any team we'd seen previously. You remember that Thursday night football game against the Packers where they just didn't have anybody on the field, none of their starters. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was going to be playing against them, and they just didn't have anybody out there. That was the first time that that happened since like the 1970s where none of their starters were out on the field, where a certain number of starters weren't out on the field. Like That's how significant that was. So I wonder, does Kyle Shanahan, has that changed his plans at all? 
You know, has that changed his mindset when it when 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 it comes to playing guys? Like that risk of injury, that must be lingering in the back of his mind at all times. I, I know it it is with other head coaches as well because it's football, but. Kyle Shanahan more so than any other coach because it just feels like all of his star players keep getting hurt. From the 415, Jimmy G trade value after the last game is two bags of Doritos. Two bags. Cool Ranch? Cool Ranch or or, or nacho cheese or spicy nacho? I'm big fan of the spicy nacho. From the 415, where was it? No. From the 650, why do we never talk about the 49ers strength and conditioning coaches? Seems like they're to blame for the injuries. The reason why I don't bring them up is because I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening. It's easy just to point the finger at strength and conditioning with the injuries, but I don't know what their training regimen is. I'm not sitting at the practice field watching how they work out these guys. I'm not there. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to point the finger there. When it comes to injuries, I just think you know it's just bad luck with what happens on the field, but. I do think it is up to the the coaches, the GM, whoever it is, to do their due diligence on these guys and make sure that they're going to be in for the season. I mean, Nick Bosa was a fantastic pick with the second overall pick, right? Fantastic. But also, he had previous history of getting hurt. Now, he didn't in 2019. He struggled to get on the field at the beginning of the season. You remember that? He didn't get on until week one, and then in... 2020, we know what happened, and luckily he's been able to stay on the field since then, but it's those certain types of risks that you do take with guys who have had a history, and it seems like those risks just those risks just haven't panned out. From the 408, Shanahan doesn't know what he's doing. He's proven it the last few years with trades and who he starts and how he calls plays. That's Bay from the 408. I'm not saying he doesn't know what he's doing. I'm just saying that it could change up your mindset with all these injuries, wondering who to play, who not to play, and when to bring guys back, and how to handle all of that. He's had to handle it just as much as any head coach in the NFL, especially with because a lot of these guys are starters. A lot of these guys are starters. It's not so easy just to say, oh, yeah, let's bring that starter back in as soon as we possibly can when we've given him big money. No, let's bring him back in when he's 100% just so we don't risk injury again. I just think that it changes up your mindset if you're a head coach. From the 415, if Nagy is out, Shanahan finally found his match versus any interim coach, and that's where Shanahan needs to – that's where he needs to step up here. This is a this is a big game for him because as I mentioned here and and I've been talking about this all week I know you're frustrated with hearing it but those five teams at the top of the league right now the Cardinals the NFC excuse me the Cardinals the Buccaneers the Packers the Cowboys the Rams and the Saints those are the top six. Now, you could take the Saints out of that, even though they're 4-2, and two, because I really don't know what they are. They got a great running back with Alvin Kamara. They're going to get uh, Michael Thomas back eventually, who's been on the, the PUP list. But those top five teams, the Cardinals, the Buccaneers, the Packers, the Cowboys, and the Rams, it seems they've separated themselves from everywhere else within, from, from everyone else within the NFC. And then the rest of these teams, you got the Saints, the Vikings, the Falcons, the Bears, the Panthers, the Niners. It's like, you're right there as long as you can just stack up a couple of wins through this season. Like, I, I, I really I don't doubt that they could possibly squeak in with the wild card spot because we are only six games into the year. And I think that if Trey Lance does start, he can win you some games. I really do think that. 
but it could be worse. <laughs> that's, that's also the other thing, 49er fans. It could be worse. You could be with the Lions, who look like they, you know, they might have a they might have a head coach who players love to play for with Dan Campbell. They might have, um, you know, a couple of solid pieces on that team, but they still got a lot to figure out. That Detroit Lions team isn't going to be anywhere near a playoff team for the next couple of seasons, in my opinion. The Seahawks, the Seahawks. We know how good they've been on offense and how they're how good they are with Russell Wilson. But we also heard before the season that, and this was from Joe Fan, who works out there over in Seattle now and covers the team, used to cover the 49ers. He said, look, if this team isn't playing up to the standards that Russell Wilson wants them to play at, if he doesn't feel like the team's improving, Russell Wilson is willing to go. And if Russell Wilson's gone, the Seahawks got a lot to figure out. The New York Giants, they were trying to build their team around Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Saquon had a freak injury earlier this season. And Daniel Jones just is not that good. <laughs> so he's not your franchise guy. you got to find something more there. The Eagles, the Eagles are still trying to figure figure out who they are as a team. I don't know if Nick Sirianni is going to be their head coach of the future. Right now they're 2-5. and five. Jalen Hurts is good. But is he going to be up there with the likes of, you know, Kyler Murray and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers? No. The Vikings. The Vikings are always going to be the Vikings. They got great skill guys, but as long as Kirk Cousins is your is your quarterback, that's a team that's going to be up and down throughout the season. They're going to get some big wins and have some terrible losses. Then they might squeak into the playoffs, maybe win a game, but then end up losing. Like the Vikings aren't really going many places. The Panthers. The Panthers thought they found their guy with Sam Darnold not really working out so far. And Christian McCaffrey can't seem to stay on the field. Washington football team thought their defense was one of the best last year. Their front four was deadly. But right now, that defense is not playing up to that standard. Taylor Heineke, actually, I think has been a really nice piece as a quarterback there. But they still got a lot to figure out. Then we're going up against this t- uh, against this team on Sunday, the Bears. Justin Fields, until you build an offensive line, which takes a very long time, by the way, but until you build an offensive line, you're not you're not going to be getting good production out of Justin Fields, in my opinion. I mean, you're in a pretty good spot compared to a lot of these other teams, in my opinion. Not so much the teams at the top, like the Cardinals and the Rams. They seem to be clicking right now, and the Cardinals are are, are on their way up. The Rams, I don't know how much longer, you know, eventually those contracts are going to run out and they're just not going to have any draft picks. I don't know if they're going to be adding new guys or or whatever. The Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys, once they get rid of Mike McCarthy, which I think they will at some point, um, man, that could turn into a perennial playoff team. But I, I think that right now as a 49er fan, I know things may seem like doom and gloom, but Kyle Shanahan is... Not a bad head coach, and if you say you want to get rid of him, then who else would you want to bring in? And if I hear another offensive coordinator in Brian Dabble or Kellen Moore, who I think could be good head coaches, but you're also running the risk of running into the same problem, which is you're getting an offensive coordinator who might just be an offensive coordinator and not a head coach, because that's the narrative around Kyle Shanahan right now. So I, I... I just think when you look at the rest of the teams in the NFC, look at the big picture. Look at the big picture. All right, before I get out of here, I got a couple of minutes left. Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr was on with Damon and Ratto. He joins them weekly. And here's what he had to say about this upcoming eight-game homestand. It is a little bit too long uh, of a time to to be um, at home, to be honest with you. The, 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 
ritual gets monotonous. You know, you're the same routine. I think I think you'd rather have a four or five game homestand and then you know go out on the road a little bit and break it up for the same reason that you don't want to go on an eight game road trip. You know, those are worse. But um, you know, you, you just eight game homestands just the, the routine gets old and uh, you need to mix it up. So we we have to do some things as a staff during the, these next couple of weeks to try to keep our guys entertained and keep things interesting. <laughs> so we're looking at an eight game homestand and thinking, all right. All right, we got some we got some home games on the schedule. Whereas Steve Kerr is looking at it from a standpoint of, oh man, we gotta we gotta be at home for the next eight weeks. <laughs> I gotta figure out how to make sure to keep these guys locked in. But tonight we got the game against the Grizzlies, and I can't wait for this one. They had a they're they're on the second half of a back to back. They got crushed by the Blazers last night, so I fully expect them to uh, come out firing and. Uh, John Morant is just I don't, right up there among the top fun to, fun players to watch. I might have to do a segment on that next week where I just go through some of these guys who are just the most fun players to watch at the moment because right now John Morant is appointment television. And what we're seeing, the Warriors are favored by six, and the over-under is 21. I'm 3-1 and one against the spread right now, and 3-1 and one on over-unders. I didn't get the spread last week. I thought the Warriors would win by more than nine against the Thunder, but that didn't happen. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.